0: Greg and Dan Show on WMBD, 741 for three years and some change. Every Tuesday at this time, we talk with Dr. Doug Casper from the University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria. And Started out in the throes of the COVID outbreak, trying to figure it all out. Now it's looking around and trying to figure out what we do next and new information. Dr. Casper, good morning, first of all. Second of all, there's this is about four days old but the average, uh, uh, as of uh, late last week, there's still 40,000 people in the United States are, that are new COVID cases. That doesn't necessarily lead to hospitalizations though. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. There's There's been a couple of different things with COVID that appear to be uh, contradictory, but are actually quite a positive or supportive uh, stories. And the first one is that It's become quite clear that the strength of uh, natural infection generating immunity has been one of the keys that uh, for the last year has allowed us to remain with very low hospitalization, meaning that natural COVID infection, which almost, you know, the majority of the population had between January of last year and January of this year with one of the Omicron variants, has held up really, really well with preventing a severe infection if the person is exposed or becomes infected a second time. And so that's led to some discussion about, you know, that we've really pushed hard with vaccination, but now it's become clear that the natural infection leading to immunity is very valuable. Now, uh, the other side of that coin is that, um, you know, these longer term effects from COVID, which we, we group together as a saying is long COVID, but they're really, they're really discrete different examples for each person have been shown to be more severe after natural infection, uh, versus those that were up to date on vaccine. And specifically the one in the last week has been cardiac effects, the long term cardiac effects. People who get infected with COVID. Uh, especially if they're older or have other conditions, can be more severe than those that were vaccinated. And so put that all together, and you have a picture where the vaccine helps protect against uh, initial effects from infection It helps prevent against development of long COVID outcomes, but the natural infection that can still occur, you can still be exposed after vaccine also adds to this this robust unity that we've obtained across our region
0: Yeah, that does uh, but those both of those stories do seem to be opposite of each other. That's interesting the The uh, natural infection uh, now that we know this, and I was reading up on that as well uh, uh, that came out the other day from the CDC um, and how well it works. I think lends fuel, because in this country these days, we we like to argue about everything. And uh, I hear from people who never wanted uh, any of the pandemic things to be true. They never wanted uh, to hear that uh, things needed to be shut down or that their masks should be worn and all of those things are now turning to that information and saying, see, I told you we didn't need to do any of that but that's not accurate explain how that's not accurate
1: yeah there's there's really there's two time periods within um covid in our country and so there's the initial period leading up to widespread availability of a vaccine and then there's the post vaccine period and these are actually really different as far as outcomes severity um and how we provided guidance now what happened was is that the pre-vaccine period uh, was, we almost forget how severe across the country. We forget about the stories about ventilator shortages and mass hospitalization yeah. uh, because the vaccine was so successful at largely, uh, along with natural infection, and while those two happening over time together at protecting our community but certainly it's true and this post you know vaccine availability period is different and so the policies took a while to adjust i mean a while being over a year in some cases to really adjust and so that's where the frustration stems from but we, when you look at it in retrospect these were really different periods of time and the guidance accordingly should have been much different for for the two groups mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just uh, someone, a uh, listener, sent me this, and then the resource is the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority, and it shows between uh, April of 2020 and December of 2022 that there are actually, based on the wastewater, there are more uh, cases of COVID now than there were back in. Uh, let's see. What was this? 20 April 2020. There was almost two to three times more in the Boston area wastewater in December 2022. But because it's so mild, do you think people just got it, didn't really know it or maybe just thought it was the flu
1: this is the this is what we were talking about. This is the buildup. It's this consistent uh, continued buildup of immunity, both natural and vaccine derived, that has created this you know it's it's hard to quantify because we can't mass test everybody and say, you know you have robust immunity or you you know you have protection for this long." And so what we use is those surrogate markers like you're describing, where you see that, Certainly, there is still virus present in the community, but it's not—it's not leading to uh, the severe effects, the hospitalizations, the you know, the mass illness that we had seen even within the last year. And so, it's that is another key point about how uh, much protection has been generated just through continued infection along with vaccination.
0: One last one—I saw this and I—I I, I chuckled just a little bit because. Uh, <laughs> There is a story and some studies that uh, uh, um, that long COVID sufferers are benefiting, uh, Dan and doctor, from exercise. And that makes me chuckle just a bit because we all benefit from yeah. exercise. Yeah. But some of these folks who have a lot of uh, long COVID symptoms, including uh, respiratory distress and so on and so forth, have been put through some programs uh, supervised by medical people, and it's, it's quite successful. Doctor, your reaction to that?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a wonderful story to hear. I think that part of it is sometimes, especially in northern climates, we forget how easy it is to become sedentary at parts of the year. You know, mm-hmm. it's just cold and it's dark and it's difficult to you know to find time. And so, um, you know, sometimes when things are prescribed, even if they're not medication, you know, they're they prescription of exercise or a prescription of physical therapy. The, um, it changes the tone for the person on how to approach it. You know, it becomes more of a, a serious nature rather than an extracurricular. And so, uh, you know, we try to do this in school. We prescribe extra, you know, we do gym class in school mm-hmm. in this manner to try to introduce it to children. But I think that it reflects that under supervision with increased adherence and intensity, you get better results.
0: Dr. Doug Casper, I hope you enjoy the day. Thank you for your time, as always, on The Greg and Dan Show. Dr. Doug Casper, University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria.